0: Uh, Guys, Joshua chapter 4, and we've been doing this a little bit in Joshua, but we're doing it again, and we're going to read the whole dadgum chapter together, okay? So prepare, you can't can't get the imagery without knowing what's going on. So Joshua chapter 4, they have crossed the Jordan, they've crossed it, and uh, here's what it says starting in verse 1, after the entire nation had finished crossing the Jordan, it's a lot of people, the Lord spoke to Joshua, choose 12 men uh, from the people, one man for each tribe, and command them. Take 12 stones from the place in the middle of the Jordan where the priests are standing, carry them with you, and set them down at the place where you spend the night. So Joshua summoned the 12 men he had selected from the Israelites, one man for each tribe, and he said to them, Go across to the ark of the Lord your God in the middle of the Jordan. Priests are still standing in the middle of a dried up river. There are still, uh, uh, still a wall of water cloud uh, way, way off in, in, the, in the distance, right? And, uh, and, and so he says, go to the middle of the Jordan. Each of you lift a stone onto your shoulder. These are big stones. Uh, one for each of the Israelite tribes, so that this will be a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean to you, you should tell them the water of the Jordan was cut off in front of the Ark of the Lord's Covenant. When it crossed the Jordan, the Jordan's water was cut off. Therefore, these stones will always be a memorial for the Israelites. The Israelites did just as Joshua had commanded them. The Twelve men took the stones from the middle of the Jordan, one for each of the Israelite tribes, just as the Lord had told Joshua. Joshua. They carried them to the camp. They set them down there. Joshua also set up 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant were standing. The stones are still there today. The priests carrying the Ark continued standing in the middle of the Jordan until everything was completed that the Lord had commanded Joshua to tell the people in keeping with all that Moses had commanded Joshua. The people hurried across, and after everyone had finished crossing, the priests with the Ark of the Lord crossed in the sight of the people. Uh, the Rebanites, the Gadites, half the tribe of Manasseh, or the Reubenites, sorry, uh, went in battle formation in front of the Israelites as Moses had instructed them. About 40,000 equipped for war crossed the plains of Jericho in the Lord's presence. On that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all of Israel. They revered him throughout his life and they revered Moses. The Lord told Joshua, command the priests to carry the Ark of the Testimony to come up from the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priests, come up from the Jordan! And when the priests carrying the ark of the Lord of the covenant came up from the middle of the Jordan, their feet stepped out onto solid ground. The water of the Jordan resumed its course, flowing over all the banks before. It's back in flood, flood stage. The people came up from the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month and they camped at Gilgal on the eastern limits of Jericho. Then Joshua set up in Gilgal the 12 stones that he'd taken from the Jordan. And he said to the Israelites, In the future, when your children ask their fathers, What's the meaning of these stones? You should tell your children, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground, for the Lord your God dried up the water of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over, just as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over. This is so that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord's hand is mighty, and so that you may always fear the Lord your God. That is a lot. One really important lesson, though, in that whole chapter, all right? It's our big idea this morning. Here it is on the screen. I want you to understand that it is important to set reminders, and celebrate what God has done for us. Okay? It is important to set reminders and celebrate what God has done for us. And some of you are going, "Uh uh-huh, that's what you're talking about, pastor. We're not good at this. We're not good at this. It's really important for us that we set reminders and celebrate what God has done for us. And so I I just want to jump into this text with you, Joshua 4, uh, 5 and 6. Uh, again here's the command says go across to the ark of the Lord your God in the middle of the Jordan each of you lift a stone onto his shoulder one for each of the Israelite tribes so that this will be a sign among you that's that's what Joshua said He said you go grab these stones we're going to do this because this is going to be a sign among you now that word in the Hebrew it means a distinguishing mark This is going to be a distinguishing mark among you. It means a remembrance. This is going to be a remembrance among you. It also means a banner. This is going to be a banner among you, which is an interesting word choice considering how we have been comparing the life of Joshua and his leadership To Moses and his leadership. The crossing of Joshua of the Jordan to the crossing of Moses and the Red Sea. Because right after Moses and the Israelites cross the Red Sea, pretty much as soon as they get to the other side, they find themselves in a battle, right? A pagan king comes after them. I'm going to read to you. Uh, If you want to join me, I'm in Exodus 17. Exodus 17, starting in verse 8, we read this. It it says, At Rephidim, uh, Amalek came and fought against Israel. Moses said to Joshua, Select some men for us to go fight against Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the hilltop with God's staff in my hand. Now Joshua did what Moses had told him and fought against Amalek, while Moses and Aaron and Hur went up on the top of the hill. While Moses, this is crazy, right? Uh, While while Moses held up his hands, Israel prevailed. But whenever uh, he put his hand down, Amalek prevailed. When Moses' hands grew heavy... They took a stone and they put it under his arm. And he sat down on it. And then Aaron and Hur, each standing on one side, supported his hands, one on one side, one on the other. His hands remained steady until the sun went down. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his army with the sword. And then it says this, verse 14, The Lord then said to Moses, Write this down on a scroll as a reminder. Okay? Okay. Write this down on a scroll as a reminder and recite it to Joshua. All right, this is our Joshua. Recite it to Joshua. I will completely blot out the memory of Amalek under heaven. And then we find this in verse 15. Uh, It's kind of a big deal. I'll put it on the screen for you. And Moses built an altar and he named it uh, Jehovah-Nasi. Jehovah-Nasi, the Lord is my banner. The Lord is my banner. God says to Joshua, I want you to go get 12 stones and you're going to set them up as a sign, as as a reminder, as a distinguishing mark, as a banner, right? And here's Moses, Uh, the Lord delivers them from the enemy and and he says, "Uh, this is Jehovah Nasi. the Lord my banner, okay? That banner means victory, victory. The Lord won, Right? He's our victor, okay? The Lord fights for us. It's about victory. And so, same thing in our text, that, that God provided victory. They're, they're celebrating. But this isn't just a celebration, right? These 12 stones aren't just a celebration. They are a celebration. Uh, the people of God have won a great victory. They have crossed on dry ground. God is indeed giving them the promise that, uh, that He has spoken about. But it's also about remembrance. Moses then builds an altar, right? Something that's going to stay there. Uh, Joshua, he, he's doing the same thing. He's, he's building a, a monument. He's building something that is, is meant to stay. It's meant to be a reminder. We see that in verse 7. You should tell them the water of the Jordan was cut off in front of the ark of the Lord's covenant. When it crossed the Jordan, the Jordan's waters was cut off. Therefore, these stones will always be a memorial. That word in Hebrew means reminder. These stones will always be a reminder for the Israelites. All right, so I want to go back to that that main idea. It's important to set reminders and celebrate what God has done for us. So here's my question to you. Why? I want you to think about it this morning. Why are reminders so important? Why why were reminders so prevalent in the Old Testament? And why don't we have them today? Right? Why? Why? Why was it important for the people of God to set up these reminders? And the text actually gives us three reasons that I think should make us, New Testament believers, reconsider, okay? Reconsider the lost art of setting reminders of what God has done, all right? So three things, three reasons why we should set reminders. First and foremost, because they mark unmistakable moments in our faith journeys, and they help us teach our children about the goodness of God. There's really two reasons in this one point, but I I wanted to stick to three points, not four, okay? Three subpoints. All right, so here we go. All right. So we set reminders, we should set them because they mark unmistakable moments in our faith journeys, and they help us teach our children about the goodness of God. All right. So I want to look closely at, at verse six. It says so this will be a sign among who? It's on the screen. Among you. All right? First and foremost, who are the stones for? You. Right? For us. They're for us. First and foremost, why are, why are you doing this? Why should I set up stones? Because you need them, is what God is saying. It's for you. Okay? It's for you. And you might say, Pastor, why do I need a reminder? I'm going to tell you. Ready? Because faith is a journey. And you have an enemy. And he is real. And he hates you and he wants to kill your joy, and he wants to steal your witness, and every time you mess up, and brother, you will mess up Our faith rises and it falls, right? Hopefully not with every tide, uh, Paul writes, that we're not tossed about. But the truth is, we have good days and we have bad days. We have days where we are killing it as, as followers of Christ and we have days where we're kind of falling on our face. And every time we mess up, we have a very real enemy in our ear who is whispering to us, you're nothing. You're such garbage. You can't be a follower of Jesus. God can't use you. You know what? I bet you're not even really saved. I just want to tell you, that voice of the enemy can absolutely be paralyzing, can it? But, oh, but, if we have set up reminders, if we have set up monuments in this journey of faith, if we have set up guideposts, then when the enemy comes and gets in our ear and says, You're nothing, you're never gonna be anything, you're just a failure, you're just a phony, you're just a fraud, we can go back and find one of those places, right? We can we can go back and go, wait a second. Wait a second, I remember the day of my salvation. I remember how the Lord parted heaven. I remember when He came into my heart. I remember that I was wrecked, that I was changed. I remember there was life change. And maybe from there, then we, we find the next signpost, and we say, oh, oh, I remember my baptism. I remember when I stood before the church, and I said, I'm a follower of Jesus now. And, and I remember my calling. I remember when, when God spoke to me specifically about what He wanted me to do in life. I wrote it down, Right? And we go back and, and we start from there. And we build our way back to where we were when we fell. Guys, these reminders are huge for our Christian walk. There is, if it hasn't happened to you yet, may the Lord bless you. But there will come a time that you're going to fall. And you better have something that reminds you of God's faithfulness along the way. And, and, and if that's where you are right now, maybe you walk through the doors this morning and you're just hurting and you feel like a failure and you feel like you've just messed up. You're, you're even questioning, am I really even a believer? I just, I want to challenge you this. Go find one of those markers in your spiritual journey and just start there and start over again and God will bless it, okay? So first and foremost, they're, they're for us, but they're not just for us. According to verse six, they are also for our, our children, right? Joshua uh, 4, 6 it says, in the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones uh, mean to you? And it, it's, it's literally, uh, he says it's, it's for our kids, right? And made me think about um, the prayer that all Israelites um, memorized growing up. It's called the Shema. It's in, it's in Deuteronomy chapter 6. I'll read it to you, verse 4 through 8. Listen, Israel, or hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. These words that I am giving you today are to be in your heart. This is huge, ready? Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Y'all, these reminders that we set, they need to be important, should be important enough to us so that our kids ask, what is that about? Why, why, why do you set aside this day? Why, why, do, you, why, do, you, why, why do we do something special here? What, what is that picture on the wall, Dad? Right? What, what is this thing that pops up every year in time hop? Like, what, 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 is, what is the thing that, why are we doing what we do? And you get to say, because that is a day that the Lord changed me. It's a special day to me. And we get to teach our kids about the goodness and the faithfulness of God the Israelites, every time they walked near those stones, kids going, hey, what, what's that about? And they got to say, oh, that's the day that the Lord delivered our people from the raging waters of the Jordan, and we entered into the promised land of God. All right? So it's a big deal. So it's a big deal. So uh, these are, they, we, we set these reminders because uh, they mark unmistakable moments in our faith journey. They help us teach our children about the goodness of God. Second reason we do it is because they serve as a witness to a watching world. These reminders, these things that we should be setting, and hopefully by now you're going, I don't have many reminders in my life, okay? That goes towards the application section. So you should already be thinking, I don't know that I'm doing this, right? Okay? So, so listen, uh, these reminders, they serve as a witness to the watching world. Look at verse 24, Joshua 4, 24. He says, This is so that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord's hand is strong. Why, why are we setting this reminder? He starts, he says, hey, it's for you. Right? It's for you. Go get those stones as a reminder for you. But not just for you, for your kids. But it's not just for your family. It's also for people that don't know the Lord. People that don't know the Lord are going to be impacted by your story. People that don't know the Lord are going to be impacted by how the Lord has moved in your life. But do you know how they see the Lord has moved in your life? you got to celebrate it. Right? You got to. You got to remember it. You got to talk about it. You, you got to have moments that you go back to, moments that you you boast of, moments that you 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 think about, that you celebrate, that you talk about. Have a party for crying out loud! Because once I was lost, but now I am found. Because once my marriage was falling apart, but God stepped in and He saved it. And so every stinking year we have a barbecue. We invite anybody that'll come, and we tell them God can redeem dead things. Right? We have to get serious about being the people of God. And if the watching world is going to see that God has moved in our lives, then by golly, we better start telling those stories. Right? And I don't think we're doing it very well. Anybody want to disagree? All right? I'm telling you, I think there's something here. All right? Not just for us. They're a witness to the world. By the way, you remember... Do you remember what Rahab said when, when Joshua sent the two spies into Jericho? You, you want to know if it really works, okay? So the two spies go into Jericho. This is after 40 years, right? After fo- this is 40 years later. Okay, this is after disobedience, after wandering. But God moved in such a powerful way at the Red Sea that people were still talking about it. And so uh, he sends the spies. Here's what Rahab says. She says in uh, Joshua 2, 9 and 10, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that the terror of you has fallen on us and everyone who lives in this land is panicking because of you for we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you. When you came out of Egypt, that reminder (laughs) that you guys talked about, man, it made its way into our pagan hearts. We are impacted by what God did for you. Okay? These reminders are important, not just for us, not just for our kids, but also to serve as a witness to a watching world. Finally, one more reason. These reminders are important because they help us revere God and remember how amazing It is to simply stand in awe of Him. These reminders help us revere God and and, and quite honestly, just remember how amazing it is to just be in awe of Him. Same verse, Joshua 4, 24. I highlighted the top part of it last time. I'll highlight the bottom now. This is so that all the people on the earth know that the Lord's hand is strong but listen to the, the, the last reason, and so that you may always fear the Lord your God. That phrase in Hebrew, fear the Lord, means to stand in awe, means to revere. Uh, it is a word that is intimately attached to a holy moment. Uh, think think about Moses in the burning bush, right? Moses, <laughs> he said, "Take off your sandals. You're standing on holy ground. These are these are holy, holy moments, and, and and they remind us of of God and how awesome and amazing He is. And and they take us back, and they, they 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 recreate within us these feelings of, oh my gosh, I remember when God did that, right? And they're they're huge, y'all. And and so I've got a little bit of time. I'll, I'll just I'll share with you a few of of my own, uh, some some of my memorable moments. Right when when God saved me, I I can't forget it. It it never it never escapes. Right, I I wasn't raised in church. I dated a girl in high school that was Church of Christ, so uh, she made me get baptized. I thought I was good and going to heaven. Uh, Lost my grandfather in college. Codependent relationship led to rebellion. Uh, I was in the midst of rebellion. Went home to be a rebel. And God, God got me into a Bible study. I was, I was shocked at these Christians that like, really had something I'd never seen before. God started working in my heart. But it was still a year later that I ended up uh, thinking, right, I'd already been baptized, thought I was good. I went as a counselor to a youth camp. And I heard this guy say, if you've never trusted Jesus personally as your Savior and Lord, uh, then you're not going to heaven. And you need to come and accept him right now and be saved. And I still couldn't come. Such a coward. And I waited that night and, 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 you know, private, I went to the youth guy. And he's like, what? I was like, I'm not saved. He's like, what? You've been teaching in my youth group. And I was like, sorry, um, but I'm not a believer. And he's like, he wouldn't even lead me to the Lord. He's like, well, you already know enough. You've taught it all. Go do it yourself. Know why? Walked outside in Columbus, Texas under the stars. And I was like, all right, Lord. Man, I'm a wreck. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a phony. I'm a fraud. I just need you to take control of my life. And man, in, in a moment, I, I knew that God was calling me into ministry. And I knew that I was supposed to marry Hope. I wrote her a letter. Like, like these two foundational moments in my life, these two pillars were placed in that moment of my salvation. That's one of those moments for me. It was, it's a holy moment. I go back and revisit it. I'm like, who am I, Lord? Who am I, right? Uh, I wish I could tell you that I faithfully followed that calling, with all of my heart, and that I was a, a great follower of Jesus. Um, but I got married, and I, you know, enjoyed that married life. About a year, I just got a job, and I was paying bills, and that whole calling of the Lord in my life to go into ministry, I just kind of put it on the back shelves. like, I can't really do this. I came home from work one day. Um, my wife uh, was crying, and I thought, what what on earth have I done now? And uh, she, she, was, she was heartbroken, because we weren't I mean, we weren't serving the Lord. I love you young married people. Some of y'all maybe are doing this where you, you just sleep in. We're just sleeping in right now and we're do, doing this or we're busy with our kids stuff. You know, we didn't have kids at the time. It's just two of us. But she said, I feel like we have wasted the first year of our marriage. We haven't been serving the Lord. And it broke me, y'all. And I grabbed my Bible and I hadn't been reading it much. And I took it out in our living room and I got on my face and I hadn't been living right. And I just said, Lord, I am so sorry And I just said, speak to me. And by the way, I don't recommend this ever, really ever. It was a big, fat study Bible, and I just let it go. And it just fell open to the New Testament and Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he says, Father, not my will, but your will be done. And for the first time in my entire life, on my face, weeping before the Lord, I was like, all right, fine, fine. Your will be done, not mine, okay? Fine, that's what you want. Right, And I gave up. And and the next week, I was invited to preach uh, for the youth and and found out that guy went in view of a call the next week. And and the the pastor of the church says, hey, you're just going to be our little temporary guy. We'll find somebody. No problem. Nine months later, I'm the somebody taking a massive pay cut to go into ministry. Right? It was huge. I mean, I could talk about when all of my kids were born and how God was in those moments. I think my favorite story, those with my daughter... And we felt, uh, my wife always felt called to adopt. That was always in her heart. Um, I'm the dummy that fights things, and I didn't see it. And um, we began praying about it again, and I was up here preaching in this church from this pulpit and preaching uh, just out of Romans, and I read about adoption, and the Lord broke me right here. And I remember going, I guess we're going to adopt. Like, let's go, you know. And, and how the Lord moved in all those amazing ways to bring my beautiful daughter into my life. And, and that's a constant reminder of what God has done for us. I could tell you guys, you know, when I came here, the very first time I stepped foot in this sanctuary, we'd come down for an interview. And this was just a God moment for me. We came down for an interview. We'd walked the whole building. I was like, okay, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty good. I was coming from a little larger church, right? First Baptist border, pretty, pretty big uh, building. My youth group was, you know, pretty sizable. And so I, I came in and I remember walking into this room going, man, this is a really pretty sanctuary. And, and I got up here. I walked up on the stage, which Hope was laughing at me. She's like, what are you doing? And I literally walked behind the giant pulpit. Y'all remember the giant pulpit? This was huge. It's massive, very heavy. I love you guys. No, that's not going to the new building, okay? Really big, un- immovable. But I, I stood behind it. It wasn't the pulpit. It was the room. And when I stood up here, I said, I, I literally said out loud, I could get used to this. And she's like, what are you saying? And as I said it, Carolyn Creamer's phone rang. It was Vicki Dawson saying, hey, will you ask them if they can stay one more night for another round of interviews, right? Like that, in that moment, just God's like, like, it's a moment for me, Right? I'll never forget as I prayed for confirmation, one of my good friends said, you got to pray for confirmation in Scripture. What is it going to be? And I'd been praying. I was like, Lord, I don't know, man. This, this church is older. They've had some problems. I, like, I wanted to plant a church. This isn't, like, what are we doing, right? And he's like, no. This, and I'd been praying through Scripture, and God uh, gives me the Scripture of David speaking to Solomon. And he says to his son, be strong and courageous and do the work specifically, he was talking about building the church, building the temple. And I was like, Lord, you want me to build this church? Okay. Right? And for me, it was confirmation. These are moments that no matter what happens in my life, y'all, and I'm an idiot. Listen, I I love you guys. I wish I could say I'm just the holiest character ever. Uh, I'm like you. I I lose my temper. I get angry. I, I, You know, I have moments that I just am like overstressed, and I go back to old habits, and, and God is constantly just nailing me. And, and like, I, I get it. Like, I, I know, I know what you're going through. But when you fail and the enemy gets in your ear, and like I said, maybe that's you this morning, you've got to go back to those signposts. And you've got to go, no, I know the Lord has me here. This is where I am. And you start from that point on. These reminders are so important. They're so important. So what do we do? What do we do? I'll give you a few things. I'm going to let you go. Number one, I think we record them. We record the moments that God reveals himself to us. Record them, right? You say, how do I record them, pastor? I don't know, however you want to, okay? Uh, maybe you keep a journal, and that's how you record them, okay? You do that. Um, maybe uh, you, we, we got, I'm, I'm going to brag on her. She's going to be mad at me. Uh, Meredith Middall, uh is like the, the queen of documenting Days, and I love it. I, I mean, Meredith, you're literally in my Facebook feed. A, any day I get on Facebook, I'm like, oh, that's so. I always know. I'm like, hey, Logan. So you guys did what? You know, I, like it's cool, but those things are going to pop up. Like, say, but document the movements of God, right? God, what did you do today? God, how did you speak? What did you do in my marriage? Like, write it down somewhere. I don't take a picture. Uh, speaking of pictures, how are the pictures on the walls at your home? You know what I usually see? yeah, I see some wedding, I see some fam, but usually it's us, and y'all, and parents, it's so funny, because you know the fight that went behind the picture, right? Right, I mean, like, can we be honest? Like, we pay somebody a lot of money, we go out to Lord knows where, and um, we, we bring changes of clothes, where is that happening, right? No, you look the other way, it's fine, we're good. And then, and then we, we take these beautiful pictures, and we put them on our wall, we fought that whole day, but boy, do we look good. And so you walk in our house, and y'all, I love you, but we've put up the phoniest image of us ever. There's no picture of us on our face weeping before the Lord. There's no picture of our baptism. There's no picture of that time that we were wrecked and God met us. Like, like so we don't set reminders well, right? Where, where are they? And I, I'm just challenged. what have we rethought our lives? What if somebody walked into your house and there was a picture on the wall that made the, all the beautiful stuff and then there's the mess? And you know what they're going to ask about? They're going to ask about that one. What is that about? It's just a picture of a snotty napkin. Like, Yeah, yeah. God broke me there. It was meaningful to me. The Lord moved and like that's, that's it, right? Guys, I'm just challenging you to rethink how you structure your lives. What if... We chose intentionally to remember the moments that God moved in our lives. I I just, I believe with my heart it'd be different, all right? Just think about it. Don't just record them, though. I want you, I want to challenge you to go a little further. I want you to memorialize the movements of God in your life, okay? So I'm talking about big movements, not just moments, movements, right? When God brought you to the Lord, that should be a big day. Now, some of you, I get it. Y'all raised in church, that's harder, uh, I'm not one of those, by the way, if you ever have an evangelist come out, be like, if you don't remember the day of your salvation, um, that's how they speak, okay? In Texas, at least. I'm sorry, in Texas. Texas evangelists, right? Then maybe you're not really saved. And... Uh, you know, and they just get after you. And you need to come on down. The uh, price is right tonight. Uh, and, and just everybody cries, everybody weeps. We rebaptize everybody. Woohoo! Write it down. Um, I, like, we're not that, right? So if, if you got, you know, you're like, hey, I, I believed in Jesus when I was like five or six. I can't remember exactly. Like, I totally understand that. But whatever other moment God shook you, you need to memorialize it. Was it out of college? right, it was out of college and God grabbed you and was like, gents, get it together, bro, let's go, right, and whenever he should, like, re- like, write that sucker down, when was it, think about it, make it important, celebrate it, man, that's the day God moved in me, right, that's the day, your, your baptism, y'all, baptism is a marker, so I say this uh, in, in Jesus' name to some of you, you need to get in the dagum water, it's time, right, and, and so listen, there is, I've been doing it for 23 years now, which is crazy. And there is a marked difference in the life of people that step into that water than those that don't, right? I'm just telling you, I've seen the salvation happen. I know this isn't what saves you, but there's something about this that sustains you in your walk with Christ that you get to go back and go, well, everybody knows I'm a follower of Jesus now. I better get it together, right? There's something about that water, and and maybe it's a call to ministry. Man, I want to apologize to you. In pulpits all across America, never do we say anymore, are you feeling called to the ministry, right? Is God calling you to to live for Him for the rest of your days, and to do that, like that's going to be your profession. And I I don't do it enough, and maybe you're here today, and that's what God is calling you to do. So, but man, come talk to somebody about it. Be Jason, I think that's me. I think I'm supposed to go into the ministry. I don't know what it looks like yet, but I feel that call. And, and, and let us just come alongside you and pray with you and help steer you and guide you in that right direction, man. It is so put down the guidepost, the, the, the reminders. It's huge. It's huge. Same thing. I, I gave the marriage example earlier. Use that. Whatever it is, celebrate those days. They matter. Uh, which is the last point. Celebrate the victories of God, right? Answered prayer, <laughs> deliverance, save marriage, all those kind of things, all those kind of things. So we started praying a prayer together back in December uh, as a church, and the prayer went something like this, Lord, we're asking you to bring us 100 people and $100,000 in 100 days, uh, which is kind of crazy. So we had somebody uh, make, make a gift last week that put us over that $100,000 mark, which is really, really cool, right? So we celebrate. Celebrate. Yeah, thank you, God. Thank you. Yes, Lord. Okay, so, and I wish I could tell you, well, that's put us there, and we're so solid, and we're also paying interest payments every single month right now. So, uh, so it's not that there's 100000 in that account, uh, but, God is, but God is still showing up, and he's going to continue to show up. And y'all, listen, what we're doing, like, like churches aren't doing anymore. Churches are going the other direction. Like, we're, we're, we're going against the, the wave of, of kind of our modern generation, and God is going to bless it, but we need to remember it, okay? But that starts by each doing that individually, and then we do that collectively as well. And so uh, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads right now, and uh, I, just, I want you, just where you are, to ask the Lord, Lord, would you remind me of a moment that's just for me? God, would you remind me of a moment that's just for me, a moment where you moved so powerfully that it was unmistakable. God, just bring it to my mind right now, Lord. Hmm. Father, I pray right now for clarity for every believer that they have that moment. Maybe they have two or three. Lord, I pray they'd be able to put that down on paper right now, to write that down. But God, for every person that doesn't have that moment yet, let that be a sign that maybe today is the day they need to trust you for salvation, right? For those that are saved, maybe today is the day that they need to submit to baptism. For those that have been fighting, maybe today is the day that they surrender to a calling in ministry. Holy Spirit, have your way with us right now in this place. Let no one leave having not heard from you. In Jesus' name we pray.